What's up, everybody? Welcome to the uh, fourth episode of the Work Hunt Dad podcast. It's me, Kyle Geary. And um, this is the uh, Coach Dad episode. So, you know, I've talked a lot about hunting and kind of how that has shaped my life and stuff. But um, today I'm going to talk about something a little bit different. And, um, you know, the, it's still going to, still got a little bit of hunting to do with it. But so one of my absolute favorite things about being a dad is getting to coach Wyatt and eventually getting to coach Weston in, uh, in the sports they play, especially baseball. Now, I kind of got roped into coaching soccer just you know, that, hey, uh, you coach this, so we'll get you to coach that kind of thing. And, uh, man, I found out that I just love coaching. You know, I love working with kids. They're so funny, um, brutally honest. Um, and it's – if you don't have kids and uh, you're kind of on the fence about it, and you like sports, volunteer to coach a league because uh, you learn real quick that every kid is different and how you handle kids is different depending on who they are, you know, and how their personalities kind of clash with each other and clash with your own personality sometimes. But coaching Wyatt really, really – helped to make me uh, a lot better dad because I got to uh, interact with him on a different level than I had previously in the fact that Wyatt has a very um, formal approach whenever I'm coaching him. Uh, you know, he calls me dad, but <laughs> sometimes, you know, the kids are calling me Coach Kyle or Coach Geary or whatever, and Wyatt will say it too. But one of the things that really struck me and it, it really it touched me pretty deep was when he called me Coach Dad the first time. Because all the other kids were, you know, like I say, calling me Coach Kyle or whatever. And he was still kind of on the fence on what to call me. So he started calling me Coach Dad. And, and I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite things ever. And uh, I love it so much I had it laser engraved on my glove. So, um, but I've found a lot of good parenting on the baseball field. And one of the things that I took away from being his coach that I've applied to a lot of other things that we do is, uh, you know, I explain something, I demonstrate it, and then have him explain it back to me. And uh, it works really good for Wyatt. Uh, And it helps me to know 
is he really understanding what I'm telling him or is he just nodding his head and, and going about it? Uh, perfect example. So we have a, a hitting machine or heating contraption here at the house. It's a ball on bungee cords with a net and a plate. And uh, we're out in the garage, you know, beating away at it. And, uh, you know, I'm telling him little things. He's still seven, so we're not doing mechanical stuff. Um, we're still trying to get the basics down to a, you know, kind of a muscle memory second nature kind of thing where his feet are right, his hands are right, and we're not working on swing plane or any of that stuff. We're just now getting into doing some transition from standing still and swinging to, you know, getting the lower half into it, taking a step, getting a stride, and hitting the ball with some power. But we're not doing a whole lot of, you know, inside out and fast hands and all that stuff. Uh, you know, that'll come later. But So we're out in the garage and we're just, you know, swinging away. And he'll take two or three good swings and he'll take some crazy off-the-wall, one-handed Vladimir Guerrero swing or something. And I, I said, here, Wyatt, you sit on the bucket and you watch me. So he sits on the bucket. I grab the bat. I take a couple swings. And he's over, good job, Dad. You know, you really, you really stepped good on that one or you know, you kept your eye on that one. He's just repeating what I said. So then I start taking a couple of uh, a bad swings just to see. And bam, I mean, he caught on immediately to what I was doing wrong. And he's like, he's like, your feet are too far apart. Your feet are too close together. Your hands are too low. Your hands are too high. Uh, that type of stuff that, you know, I felt like I was just repeating, repeating, repeating. And it wasn't sinking in, but really he knew it. It was just, you know, he hadn't translated it into his own body, but it was in his mind. So that got me to thinking. A great learning tool for Wyatt is to let him teach me. So we do it all the time now. Um, whether we're hunting or we're out in the yard playing catch or whatever, you know, we'll go through it and we'll work on a couple things or talk about a couple things. And then he'll say, okay, well, now I'm going to give you some ground balls or, okay, now let me hear your turkey call. Oh, well, that's good. That's good, dad. You know, that sounds good or, or good job, dad. And it really helps him, I think, to see and hear kind of the wrong thing. And then it clicks in his mind, like, that's not what dad was telling me to do. So I'm going to tell him, hey, that's not right. And it come a long way. Um, he made some big improvements on uh, playing catch as far as just throwing him the ball, him catching it and throwing it back to me with him doing the coaching. Uh and it was like it, it just, you know, it really did. It clicked in his mind, and he was able to process some of that stuff. And, and then now he's catching on to it. We do it hunting a lot, a whole lot. You know, we're going in to set up for turkeys, and I'll say, now, now what, what do you think we ought to do here? 
And usually he's got some kind of answer. I don't know if you listened to last week's uh, Q&A session with Wyatt, but um, Wyatt's never one to be too shy about talking. So he's usually got some type of answer. And uh, it really helps him to be engaged in what's going on. And I think that a lot of times as parents, we really underestimate what our kids can do. And I think a lot of that at an early age is you still see them as babies. You know, you still see the the toddler that was trying to master putting his pants on. And you forget that now he's seven and he gets dressed by himself. And, you, you know, it, it's hard to transition some of that stuff in your mind because you still see the little boy that, you know, was struggling to walk or struggling with his first words or whatever the case may be. So a great idea, I think, if you're working on something with your kids, whether it's schoolwork or sports or hunting or riding a skateboard or whatever they like to do, have them explain it back to you. You know, let them kick out some ideas and things that you ought to work on. And I promise you, if your kid's anything like Wyatt, you'll see improvement on their skills while they're explaining to you what you ought to be doing. Uh, now, for everybody that's stuck at home uh, doing these at-home work packets, uh, you may need your first grader to explain to you how the schoolwork goes because why <laughs> um, it's first packet, the first page of the math was uh, some pictures with some like strawberries on it. And there was 10 strawberries and six of them were X'd out. And it said, write a number sentence describing the illustration. Well, I didn't know that a number sentence was 10 minus six equals four. So I had Wyatt writing you had 10 strawberries, you took four away, and now you have six. <laughs> and I felt so dumb. Haley got a good laugh about it, and uh, I, I felt like an idiot. I, I felt like I should probably come in here and, and grab my degree from Murray and just throw it out the window because, you know, I spent four years at a higher education facility I do complicated math, algebra, geometry every day, and here I am <laughs> completely fouling up some first grade math. So that <laughs> that was a that was an opening experience for me. And um, I think that you know. Had I just said, why, how do you do a number sentence? He probably would have been able to explain it, and we probably would have got those first couple pages right without having to redo them. But I just, you know, I thought I knew it, so we went my way, and he went along with it. So, you know, had I asked my seven-year-old, we probably would have got uh, a little more progress done on that. But... 
that's part of being a parent. You kind of live and learn on those type of things. Luckily, it wasn't nothing too big of a deal. But, you know, the, the coach – the coach dad mentality for me has also kind of come out to play in in everyday things when we're not learning, when we're not doing, when we're just, you know, being when I'm just being a dad because I realize that, you know, they're looking at me the way that a player looks at a coach a lot of times and what's my next move. You know, it's not always about, you know, hitting a ball or killing a turkey or whatever the case may be. It's it's simple day-to-day stuff that, that, you know, I'm charged with teaching them, you know, teaching them how to grow up, you know. Um, so I try to – I've tried to do better in – getting them involved in, you know, some of the day-to-day stuff. I'm working on the car, working on a truck, or doing something like working here at the house on a sewer pump that they fill with socks, and I have to get it out. You know, I try to explain to them what's going on and why we're doing it and what mistakes led us down that that path. But, um I think it's important as a parent, whether you whether you're a sports fan, you're not a sports fan, you don't know anything about sports, whatever the case may be, to see yourself as a coach. You know, you're you're charged with leading your team, and you know the the best way to to do that is by example. You know, you can't tell your players to show up for practice at 4 o'clock and you show up at 4.15 because then your players are going to start showing up at 4.20, 4.25. They're going to get later and later as that goes along. So, you know, you have to be that coach and, and lead by example and in all things and not just, you know, what we think are the important things. As most of you all know, I'm a big baseball fan um, and the baseball – season lockdown or whatever has been kind of disappointing to me and I'm not putting baseball over the health and safety of people. So I don't want you to think that, but you know, just the, this is the time of year whenever I'm usually pretty geared up for baseball and it's kind of hard, but you know, one of the, one of the things that I think makes a great coach that transitions into being a great dad or a great mom is knowing when to lose your cool because you can do all the, you know, all the timeouts and sit down and think about what you've done and all that stuff. But there comes a time when parenting, just like in a baseball game, when you got to lose it a little bit, when you got to go Lou Pinella and pick a base up and throw it across the field or kick dirt on the umpire, or, you know, just just get it out. Because 
especially here in my house, you know, with Weston, timeouts don't mean anything. All that does is let him get rested up to his next adventure. So sometimes you just, you got to lose it a little bit. You know, stay in control. I'm not telling you to grab a bat and throw it at your kids or nothing. But, you know, you gotta you got to kick it up a notch every now and then. And really, as bad as it sounds, occasionally, sometimes you got to scare them a little bit. Um, it's not in a parenting book, and some of you are probably like, yeah, I'm not listening to this anymore. But it's the truth. And I'll tell you why. Because fear is a motivator. Now, I have to lose it sometimes over my boys leaving trash around the house, leaving half-eaten Pop-Tarts, not picking up, things like that, because you ask them and ask them and ask them and ask them and it doesn't happen. So that's really the next option. Um, I'm not one to reward things that should be done. You know, oh, you picked your trash up. Here's a dollar. That's not really the, the things that I think work. I don't think that they instill any kind of positive attribute. I think all it does is uh, put kids in a position to expect a reward for doing things they should be doing already. So sometimes you, you just, you know, you got to get red faced and, and even if you're not mad, you know, I do my best um, baseball manager losing it impression when I'm not mad. You know, when I've just told them and told them and told them to do something, they're not doing it. And so, you know, I go Terry Francona and I get loud and tell them it's got to be done or I'm kicking them both outside or, you know, the belt's coming off or whatever. And bam, it gets done. So, and and my kids are not scared of me. They're not at all. Like 10 minutes later, after I've, you know, had one of those and I've got them motivated and they got done what they needed to get done, Weston's crawling up in my lap or Wyatt's coming up there telling me about Dennis Anderson and Gravedigger losing a tire and some monster jam that happened 10 years ago. But it's just, it's a, it's a necessary evil. You can disagree and that's fine. But for me in my house, that's what works. Um, but another aspect of coaching that comes into being a dad is never under any circumstances undermine your assistant or your co-coach. And I'm talking about the other parent. I don't care if, it, if you're a dad, you're, it's the mom, or if you're the mom, you're the dad. If you're divorced, separated, you know, whatever the case may be, never undermine the other parent. Because all that's going to do is breed a hostility towards that parent. And... You know, sometimes it's intentional in divorces and separations where parents try to turn kids against each other. I think that's the lowest of lows. 
I mean, I really do. I don't think there's anything worse than trying to manipulate your kids to not like the other parent. But if, you know, if you're married, you have to be on the same team. You know, you got to be a manager and pitching coach. You know, you got to work together for the, for the same goal. And kids try to play it. You know, they're going to come in there and say, hey, Dad, can I have this? Well, did you ask your mom? Uh, no. Okay, well, you know, she told you no earlier, so you need to ask her if it's okay because she's already told you no once. Or, no, I heard her tell you no, so it's not going to happen. And um, when I when I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm being sexist or misogynistic or anything when I say assistant coach I don't mean like a subordinate like Haley doesn't answer to me um if anything she's the head coach and I'm the assistant if that's how you want to play that but you cannot kids are smart and they're strong they're a lot stronger mentally than we give them credit for and they will play every angle they can to get what they want in that moment. And if you're working against each other, all that's going to do is make it a whole lot easier for them to divide and conquer. And it's going to put unnecessary strain on your relationship with your partner. And, you know, that's one of those things that um, is – is going to be bad for the whole family dynamic, whether you're together or not. Um, so I tell people all the time, if I hear you talking about the kid's parent, um, I'm probably going to say something just because, you know, I, I don't think it's right. I, you know, I don't care what they did to you. Um, you know, they're still that other kid's parent and, until they get old enough to make those decisions on how they feel about somebody or how they're being treated, it's not up to you to inform them on how they should feel about it. Um, you know, and being the coach, sometimes you got to ask for help and it can be outside help. You know, it's, it's not uncommon to see in, in coaches where they bring in a, you know, an outside guru to, to help with, you know, somebody's throwing mechanics or, or approach at the plate or something like that. And you have to do the same thing as a parent, you know, um, you know call your friends that, that have kids maybe a little bit older that have already been through some of this stuff. And, Hey man, what'd you do here? You know, we're struggling with this right now. You know, y'all have that problem. And, if somebody does, if somebody calls you looking for that advice, um, you know, take it seriously because they're obviously in a situation that, you know, they're uncomfortable with and they're looking to you. So that means they trust you enough to put the, you know, the, I don't want to say safety because that's a bad word, but the, the environment for their kid in your hands, you know, they're, they're trusting you that you're going to give them the right advice and, and try to help them out. So, you know, take that task seriously. Um, 
And, you know, as the coach, sometimes you got to know when to, when to, when to cuddle your kids, you know, when, when it's, when it's okay to tell them, Hey, you're fine. Get up, rub some dirt on it. But when it's okay to, to pick them up and say, Hey, you know, cry it out, buddy. You know, I'm here, let it out. And that's a fine line because you, you don't want to raise soft kids, you know, in today's world, um, if you raise soft kids, you're raising a victim. And, and I hate saying it that way, but it's just the truth. You know, the world is not nice. And if you raise your kid in, in that environment and you coach them up in that environment to think that everybody's a winner and everybody's going to get trophies their whole life. And, you know, all I have to do is be here and give my best effort, you know, so it's important for kids to learn at an early age that sometimes your best effort isn't good enough to win. And that's okay. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, if you, if you did your absolute best, you don't have anything to, to hang your head, to hang your head about, but um, it's, it's not always going to be good enough. You know, you, it's just not, I mean, in the world of sports, you think about how many people were great at what they did and gave their all every night they were on the floor and they never won a championship. You know, you look at the NBA through the nineties when the bulls were dominating, how many great players were all time greats that never got a championship ring because of Michael Jordan. You know, sometimes your best is not good enough. You know, no matter how much effort you give and how hard you work, sometimes you're just not going to win. And that's my biggest gripe with youth sports right now is that there's no real value put on winning at an early age. And it's hard for them to grasp the concept of losing. You know, this past season and fall ball was Wyatt's first time recording outs, scoring runs, um, you know, where everybody don't get to bat every inning. And, um, you know, if you get thrown out at first, you don't get to run the bases or whatever the case may be. And that first couple games was a big adjustment for all those kids, big adjustment. And uh, that's due in large part to, you know, T-ball and, things um, at the younger level, everybody's a winner. You know, you go in, everybody bats. You go out to the field, the other team, everybody bats, and you do that twice, and that's the game. And it takes a big, you know, it takes a, a pretty big mental adjustment by the kids to understand that, hey, you know, there there are winners and there are losers, and – you know, sometimes you play a great game and you still get beat. And uh, that can be hard to cope with if you don't even, you know, especially if you don't understand the concept of losing. So, you know, it's okay to, it's okay for your kids to lose. You know, I, that may hurt some feelings and um, there ain't nothing I can do about it because they're going to lose in life eventually. You know, you're, you're going to lose. Uh, you can be the best at whatever you're doing, and eventually you're going to lose. So, you know, teach your kids from an early age that 
you know, it's okay um, to, to give your best and get an A for effort and all that stuff, but know that it's not always going to be good enough. Because um, when they grow up, whether they're a professional athlete or they work on electric motors, sometimes you do your absolute best and things just go wrong and you don't win that day. And all you can do is try to learn from it and move on. But if you don't teach your kids that losing is important, then, or is an important part of life, then they're not going to know how to grasp that when they get to the point to where they're, there are winners and losers. Um, a lot of people don't like the word loser. Personally, I do. I think if you lose the game, you're a loser. Um, there's just ain't no other way to say it. You know, you didn't score enough runs. You didn't score enough points. You lost. Move on. Be better next time. Um, you know, think about it. Let it drive you and, and go. Because in life, you learn and grow so much more every time you fail. If you have a winning mentality and you want to be good at something, every time you fail, you will get better. That's, that's just the way it is. Um, I was brought up in an extremely... Uh, competitive lifestyle. I mean, you know, my mom, we went to ball games. Didn't matter if I had 20 points. If we lost, we lost. You know, there wasn't no celebrating cake and ice cream. You lost. You know, she might tell I mean, my mom, my dad tell me good game if I had a good game, but it wasn't like we won, you know, they didn't, Hey, well, you know, you, you, you did your part. You can't help what they did or whatever. That, that doesn't help anybody. You know, the, the win as a team loses a team is really important. And it, it's big when you're coaching and when you're teaching young kids, I have, um, I have a few favorite quotes when it comes to winning and losing and, and how all that plays out. But my, my all time favorite is if you want to be great, you have to hate losing more than you love to win. And for me, that's kind of how I approach everything. It's not that I absolutely have to win. It's that I absolutely hate to lose. I mean, I hate it. Losing motivates me much more than winning ever has. Um, and, and really, losing makes a success is so much sweeter. You know, if you're playing a team and you get beat by them five times in a row and then you come back and you beat them the sixth time, you know, that win feels so much better than, you know, just beating them straight off the bat. You know, if you've lost to somebody a couple times and you come back and beat them, bam, it's like, oh, I got them that time, you know. And 
that that's the things that I, I try to teach Wyatt when we're on the baseball field is, you know, it's winning is important. You know, I know a lot of people say that it's not, but it is, um, you know, because if you're not trying to win, then you're not giving your best effort. And I don't care who disagrees with that. If you're playing to win, you are going to give your best effort. You know, if you're playing to have fun, then, or just to have fun, you know, and just goofing off, you know, that fly ball in foul territory, you're not going to dive for it. You know, you're not going to run into the fence catching it or whatever the case may be. But if you're playing to win, then you're going to make that play. And if you're not going to make it, you're going to dang near die trying. And, you know, that's what, that's what always drove me was, yeah, it's supposed to be fun. Youth sports are supposed to be fun. There ain't nothing more fun than winning. I can tell you that much. I've been on some really good teams. I've been on some not-so-good teams. And I can tell you one thing. If I have my choice, I'm going to be on the team that's winning. Because winning is a lot more fun than losing. It's a... it's almost an old Nuke Lelouch quote from uh, Bull Durham. Oh, I love winning. It's like so much better than losing. Uh, there's a few words in that that I'm not going to say on this podcast to keep it PG rated. But, um, you know, I've I've had disagreements with Haley on this. You know, she doesn't. She doesn't have that competitiveness that I do, you know, and she kind of rolls her eyes or gives me some some feedback every now and then whenever she thinks I'm being a little too hard or pushing a little too hard. But And, and I do need to be reined in. I'm not saying I don't. Um, every now and then, I, you know, I'm like, all right, that's probably a little much, Kyle. But it's – that's just one of those things about me that the competitiveness is just not something that I plan on giving up because I think it's one of the things that's, it's helped to make me successful in a lot of things um, is being competitive, you know, trying to be the best, wanting to be the best. And I hope that that's something that my boys pick up on is that, you know, no matter what dad gave his best effort to try to win. He didn't get his, I didn't give my best effort to give my best effort. I gave my best effort to win no matter what I was doing, whether I was playing baseball, playing softball, pickup basketball, uh, turkey hunting, whatever it was. I gave my best effort to succeed. And Sometimes it's not pretty and you get the job done. You know, sometimes it goes as planned. So as the coach of my boys, that's what I'm pushing for. Don't just give your best effort to give it. 
Give your best effort for a goal of winning and succeeding. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, if it's if you're not really a sports fan, uh, you probably don't get a lot of the stuff I was talking about. But, you know, I, I, I hope you enjoyed it. Maybe you got something out of it. Um, keep listening. Keep liking. Keep sharing. I appreciate everybody that does. And I hope everybody has a great night. Thanks.